The Evolution Channel is sponsored by Eternal Gold Beauty, the most advanced skincare line in the world. Awaken your skin to aging in reverse at eternalgoldbeauty.com today. You're listening to Talk Animal, what animals want you to know, with Judy Anderson. Hello everyone, welcome to Talk Animal, what your animals want you to know. And today's show will have information that the kitties and the cats all around the world and in your world really, really want you to know because Cat Decline, The Raw Truth with Dr. Jean Hovey, renowned holistic veterinarian and award-winning author. I've known Jean for many years and she's a real deal. She is so knowledgeable. She's more, she's got more than 27 years experience in integrative veterinary medicine. She's also an advisor to AFCO, the AAFCO that you often see on dog food, pet food, the organization that sets standards for pet food production. She's intensively studied and researched pet nutrition and the pet food industry since the early 1990s, and she knows so much about the industry. And one of her passions is sharing information regarding cat decline, the raw truth. To help cat lovers and animal advocates understand the truth about decline so that um, many veterinarians and organizations lie about. She has written a detailed, fully referenced ebook that's 100% free to download and share. So spreading the word about decline, the raw truth, is really one of Jean's missions in life. So I'm so happy to have her on the show again. Welcome, Jean. Welcome, Dr. Hi, Jean Hope. <laughs> I am so glad to be with you today, Judy. It's a uh... This is such a this this topic is near and dear to my heart, and uh, and it gets more important all the time because of the misinformation yes, that's it. out there. So, Jean, what started you on really focusing on cat declawing? What were was there a turning point? In yeah, your there career? sure was. Okay. When I was in veterinary school, we had to, I was on the surgical rotation, and every night before the surgery, you had to watch the film of the surgery so you would know what you were doing when you got to the operating room in the morning. And this one was decline, and I watched a few minutes of it, and I really should have not had dinner before I watched it because as as they are going through the procedure up, you know, the camera's up close and focused in on the poor paw to run to the bathroom to throw up. It was so disturbing. And oh. I thought, this is the most barbaric thing I have ever seen. This is ridiculous. Why on God's green earth would we do this to cats? And um, it made me very mm. upset and you know, along with all the other things that annoyed me about vet school, this was one that I really pursued after veterinary school to find out what truth really was. And and, uh, and in 2009, Dr. Jennifer Conrad um, recruited me to help the PAW Project with banning decline in, in several cities in California. And the reason we had to do it in a real short time frame was they had been successful in banning it in one little town in California, West Hollywood. But the California Veterinary Medical Association got so angry that they went out and they recruited all the other professions that are under this particular part of the California Code and had the California legislature pass a law that cities couldn't ban medical procedures. But it didn't go into effect till January first, twenty ten. So in the in the last couple of months, we got eight cities to ban decline. And since then we've gotten several others. Um, Denver, where I'm from, so that was good. Uh St. Louis and I and the entire state of New York. So okay. you know, we are making inroads. Now ten of, of the no Eight of ten Canadian prof- 
provinces have banned it, many, many countries around the world, the entire EU, you know, why we are so stubborn and so far behind um, it's really bad, but that's that's where we're at. Oh my gracious, that's inter- interesting, sadly interesting. So, well, uh, so we are going to be taking a very short break. And um, Jean, would you please give them your website so that they can go because you do have this free book on cat declawing. Um, the raw truth on your website and they can download it. It's free. So everyone, you really, really do want to check that out. And also, while they're there, she is also an expert on cat nutrition and she has something there too that you can, you can go to Amazon and purchase her book. It's very inexpensive, filled with great, over 200 pages of phenomenal information um, on cat nutrition. So, um, also, I want to invite, so, Jean, what is that website, please? It is littlebigcat.com. If you're old enough, you remember Dustin Hoffman in the movie called Little Big Man. Well, that's kind of where the idea came from. It's littlebigcat.com. I always see, when you say that, I see this little cat, little kitty sitting in front of a mirror and seeing this big gorgeous lion in the mirror exactly <laughs> yes yes there's I love a big that. cat inside of every little cat yes yes <laughs> yes so and so you can get her free ebook there which i'm sure you'll want to get and also check out our website talkanimal.net where you'll find specials and resources for you and your animals and also, if you aspire to be the awesome being that your animals know you are, just go to jazzupyourlifewithjudy.com, raise your frequency, improve your life, and get information for conversations with spiritual teachers and energy healers. Work with them, ask questions, experience some of their wonderful meditations and activations. So we'll take a quick break now, and we'll be back shortly. The Superpower Experience goes way beyond the podcast. Listeners can connect with hosts and one another inside the Superpower Universe Plus membership. Members get access to high-vibe connections, Superpower Masterclasses, and much, much more. Don't wait another moment to step into your superpowers. Go to SuperpowerExperts.com and sign up today. All right, we are back. We are with Dr. Jean Hovey. We are talking about cat declawing, the raw truth. So, Jean, please tell us what exactly is, I I hope I can stay with this because this is, you know, um, this is a quite it's a top, it's a, it's, Yeah, it's just <clears throat> horrible. It's, it's hard. It's horrible. To it's a horrible thing. Talk about it, but I, you know we need to educate people. So, so what that's right. Really so why do I why do I say it's so horrible? Why am I, you know, a feline veterinarian? Why am I so rapidly against decline? Well, let me tell you. Um, yeah. What, what is it exactly? Barbaric. Yeah. It's yeah. A, it's a barbaric procedure, but veterinarians do it, um, and they do it. 90 to 99 percent of the time, the reasons are to protect their furniture, right? Or they're lazy. They don't know how to provide a scratching post for the cat. They tried one or two things. They don't want the cat to scratch them. It's they always had declawed cats. That's what you do. Their veterinarian recommends it as a package deal with spaying and neutering. Um, Sometimes they'll say, oh, my family member is on blood thinners uh, or had a had a heart transplant and is taking immune suppressive drugs so they can't have a cat scratch. Um, but most people are just ignorant and veterinarians, uh, they lie. There's no other way to put it. With all the research that's out there, veterinarians who still declaw are lying to their clients to get them to do it. So it it originated in labs in the 50s and 60s because, um, you know, the, the researchers wanted a, a quick and easy way 
to disarm the cats that they were doing horrible experiments on so they wouldn't get scratched. Oh. So it was it was uh, created out of expediency, and then some bright fella said, I'm going to do that to my pet cat at home, and then I'm going to tell everybody, and I'm going to do this to cats in my in my practice. And there is one vet, and I believe he is still active, who, if you want to bring your cat to the to his clinic, it has to be declawed. And if it isn't, he oh. will declaw it immediately. He will not have any clawed cats in his practice. And by the way, 10 years ago, he said he was making $75,000 a year just from declawing. So from the veterinary standpoint, oh. it's a moneymaker. Um, it makes cats, in their opinion, easier to handle. Some veterinarians really believe it helps cats find homes that wouldn't otherwise have homes uh, because so many people would rather have a declawed cat. Well, that isn't true. And in the cities where we got declawed banned, including San Francisco, Berkeley, Beverly Hills. Oh, by the way, isn't Beverly Hills a place where they have a lot of really expensive furniture? Yeah, right. they don't declaw. They ban declawing in Beverly freaking Hills. Uh, and Los oh Angeles, the entire city of Los Angeles. And, um, and we tracked the numbers of cats going in and out of shelters and tracked the declaw status. And after the declaw ban was enacted, the number of cats surrendered to shelters went down and the number of declawed cats relinquished to shelters went way down. So all that BS about, oh, more cats can find homes and stuff. No, that's not true. My cat is a perfect example. Perry Christmas came to me on, guess what, Christmas Eve a couple of years ago. A friend, he was sneaking into a friend's house through her cat door and eating their food, which was upsetting the balance of power in her house. And she said, Jean. Can you just take this cat for a few days? We're looking for his home. You know, we have a network. We'll find where he belongs, but I can't have him in my house right now. I brought him home. Christmas morning, I look at this cat, and he has skin and bones. The ear tips had fallen off some frostbite, and he was declawed. So he had been thrown out of his house, completely abandoned, because... Turns out he has a little bit of a litter box problem, and many declawed cats do. In fact, we know that at least a third of declawed cats will develop uh, urinary problems, and they will pee outside the box. Uh, And, you know, I'm sure that everybody really wants to have urine-soaked bedding and urine-soaked carpets as opposed to, you know, a scratched-up corner of the rug. I mean, really. (laughs) You know, <laughs> yeah, really. it's just ridiculous because mm-hmm. declawed cats do way more damage, um, but people just don't understand it. But it's because we're doing so much damage to them. So, Jean, you know, so what is more in detail? So what is declawing? Is it like taking the nail off or do they cut or what do they do? What? Well, it's not like a manicure for us. In kitty cats, the, the claw grows directly from the bone. So there's, there's scattered cells throughout oh. the ends of the bone that grow the nail. So you have to get rid of that. So you know how you have uh, three joints in your fingers, right? Right. So you have the... So the little the little joint at the tip that has the nail growing from it, right. they amputate that entire bone in in a decline. Oh, now the geez. problem with that is it changes the way the cat walks, oh, and yeah. it changes the pressure distribution on the foot, and it causes tremendous and by, I will say lifelong pain and discomfort. These kitties tend to shift their weight back on their paws and and their their wrists will actually break down and they'll end up walking very flat footed because it just it hurts to walk normally. They can't they don't have their normal gait. And in my ebook there's illustrations for all of this. But um you know the the 
then the scar tissue and the retraction of the the tendons that are no that no longer have a tether in that third bone, they contract and they pull the second bone back and make that the pressure point. Well, that's a very sharp bone. So every step they take, they're jabbing these, you know, 10 little bones in the front feet into the floor. It is extremely uncomfortable. The long-term effects are awful, but they always include pain. So what does a cat do when it's in pain? Well, you know, they can't write you an email and they can't put a sticky up on the refrigerator. They communicate through urination and defecation. Um. So they start peeing and or pooping outside the litter box. Perry poops outside the litter box. That's who he is. I'm good with it. You know, you know, it's easy to clean up. And I say, you know, I'm sorry that you have this problem, buddy, but we're doing our best to take care of it. So, you know, um, and, and, you know, just think if somebody was upset about the cat scratching something, how much more upset are they going to get when the cat starts peeing around the house? So those cats get relinquished to shelters and they get abandoned. And they are not adoptable because they have a litter box problem. So shelters cannot adopt them out. So there's one, one way road for those cats and that is to euthanasia. And it's mm, euthanasia because of what we did to them that they are in such pain that they cannot live with. So that is the problem. Wow, I didn't know it was like that. It's um I had you know, I've never had a cat, so I've never known any of this information. It's amazing. So sad that yeah. we're doing that. So sad. It is. And and it's you know, when you look at the statistics from shelters, um there are there's very few studies that look at the long term effects of decline, mostly because nobody wanted to know. Right. But it turns out mm-hmm. that most of the declawed cats that do get relinquished to shelters are old. They're over seven years old. So they were declawed as kittens. But now, seven, eight, nine, ten years old, they're developing terrible arthritis because their gait was changed. And they're not moving like a normal cat and they get awful arthritis. And now they're painful and won't go in the box. Or if the box is downstairs, they're too painful to negotiate the stairs. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So they, so they pee wherever they can find that they think won't hurt. Um, so it's very, uh, you know, veterinarians will not recognize this. They say, oh, well, you know, I declawed them and two weeks later they haven't had a problem. Well, 10 years later they're going to have the problem or six months <laughs> later or two years or something. They are going to have a problem down the road. And vets aren't looking for it, and they refuse to see it. We even when the, these crippled cats come in. Oh my goodness! Yeah. So you can are, see it, it's <laughs> it's important to recognize that there are three methods of decline. One oh, is really? with the scalpel, where they carefully carve around, separating the, the second and third segments from each other. They're called phalanges. Phalanx is a toe bone. So they separate the two end toe bones and they just remove and throw away the part that has the claw growing from it. You can do that with a scalpel. You can also do that with a laser. And veterinarians got lasers in order to do declaws because they thought it caused less pain. Well, it doesn't studies have shown these cats are identically as painful as anyone else. But there is a third Um, way, um, and that is to take a dog declaw, um, a Resco clipper, a dog claw trimmer. It looks like a little guillotine. uh, And they pull the cat's toe through that and just carve through the bone. And they damage the bone, um, and but it's quick, it's easy, and it's you know here's the thing. Veterinarians are universally saying now that they hardly ever do declines. There's so there's just no call for it anymore. Nobody's doing it anymore. Why are you getting so upset about it? 
Well, the only vets who are doing it are these butchers using the rescos that cause the most problems because they leave bone fragments, they leave um, damage to the bone. These guys, they're, you know, they are truly out for the money and they're the ones that are doing the majority of declaws now because most other vets won't do it. Or they'll say, you know, I only do one or two a year. That's not really keeping my skills up. So we're just, you know, I'll do it if you really want me to, but, you know, I don't do them very much. So all the vets that aren't doing it very much have shifted the, the monetary value of that to these butchers who do it with a Resco Declar and they do it wrong and they cause tremendous pain. And um, studies sub- subsequently have found that that technique causes almost all the problems, although um, every single method of declaw has problems down the road, all of them. Lasers don't reduce pain. They reduce bleeding, but they damage the tissue. They burn it. Laser is a burning tool. It burns through the tissues. These cats get the insides of their toes get burned, but the body knows how to heal better from that but it does not cause less pain. It's less aggravating for the vet, shall we say. And besides, once they buy a laser to declaw cats, that's a thirty or $40,000 piece of equipment. You have to yeah, declaw a lot it. of cats. Mm-hmm. You have to pay for it. So you declaw more and more cats to pay for these ridiculous tools, supposed, you know, easy ways to do it. But they all cause pain. They all cause complications. You know, in my little ebook, um, I have 29 different uh, complications that result from decline. They're all common, every one of them. It's horrible. Like some of them are. Could you share some of those with us, please? I sure will. Pain is the number one. And right. that goes for every single one of them. Hemorrhage can happen later. Um Vets who are not great at doing um, blade declaws because they're out of practice, they can cut the paw pads. Now, the paw pads are extremely sensitive, and that's an extremely mm-hmm. bad thing to have happen. So they don't, you know, they shift their weight backwards. So that causes um, lameness, and it causes upstream problems like arthritis in the shoulders and the back. All the upstream joints from those mutilated toes are going to have um they're going to develop arthritis because now they're walking in a, a way that's not natural. And you can see it across the room. They just don't look normal. Um, necrosis or death of the tissues, abscesses and infections. Uh, the wounds can reopen. They can not heal uh, because of the way the it changes the, the mechanics of, the, of their gait. The second toe bone, remember I said it was tiny and sharp? Mm-hmm. It can actually poke back out through the toe. That is really ugly. Um, the resco has a problem because it's really in, it's an incomplete declaw. So a lot of these cats will just grow their claws back. But they're not normal claws. They're little nubbles, stubs of bone. And they mm-hmm. rattle around inside the paw. And the, the effect of that is like getting gravel in your shoes. How how much does that hurt, oh. Judy? Yes. And these cats, every step they take is like that. And, you know, there are there are now a lot of vets who do claw repair, declaw repair, salvage surgeries, and they go in and they remove all the fragments. And sometimes they have to cut the tendons to allow the joints to move again. Um, it's, uh, you know, but, but some cats can't even be helped with that. Um, Self-mutilation is common. A dropped wrist is common. Chronic intermittent lameness is really common. Uh, they're not always painful on the same paw on the same day. Um, and then think, things that you wouldn't think would be associated, but bladder infections associated with stress. So cystitis, crystal stones, mm. um, house soiling, you know, going outside the box, and laser burns. So those are the biggies, and uh, and they are all awful. 
um, in, in my book, and I don't even like to point it out, but there's pictures of three beautiful cats. The vet talked the owner into declawing, and I use the, the term owner. I usually say guardian, but she was not being a guardian at the time, although she has come to regret it since. But she said, okay, yeah, go ahead, declaw and neuter. Go ahead, yeah, fine, no problem. He butchered those cats so badly that for the next several years, they were removing more and more of the mutilated pus because the infection kept climbing. And they are oh. all now walking on little stumps of bone. Their lower leg and entire paws have been amputated to get the infection under control. Those cats are going to suffer the rest of their lives, but maybe fortunately for them, those lives are about to be shortened because they are doing so poorly. It's it's just a horrendous thing. It's that level of damage is a little unusual, but you know, I have seen some big whoops in my day as a as a feline veterinarian and when I was in active practice and it's uh you know, the things that these cats come in and they say, you know, the people say, can, can you do anything about this? It's, there's very little you can do. There is a pain protocol that you can give to your vet. It's in my ebook, my free ebook. Um, and it's, uh, you know, it involves several days of stepping up and stepping down medications. Uh, you can also do energy work to help these cats. And of course, chronic pain medications are going to be necessary probably forever. So uh, mm. it's, um, yeah, and and not just the whole decline thing, which is bad, but when te the techs bandage the paws, if they bandage them too tight, the paw will essentially rot. There's no blood supply. The paw rots and has to be amputated. So uh, it, it's, the chances of the declaw going well are not good, you know. And my cat, Perry Christmas, he is declawed. He does have litter box issues. And when I watch him walk, when I watch him be reluctant to jump down from the table where his food is, um, it, when I watch him get ready to jump down off the bed or even the sofa, he hesitates because he knows that landing is going to hurt. And he walks abnormally. Um, and I must say, the the vet who did the declaw on my cat did a very good job. I think he probably did use the laser. He got all the fragments. The surgery sites are clean. There's no problem. But the cat is still in pain. And you can see it every day. Oh, this is sickening. I really, literally, I just... Um... Yeah, it's, I know. I, I, hate, really... I kind of hate to talk about it. I hate they know. To you it hate to talk about it. I'm just like, oh my gosh, this is so yeah. horrible. And you know, in, in my little ebook, which, uh, you know, I hope people just download it because there's, I have lots of pictures and, uh, and I have pictures comparing the normal shape of the paw pads in, in normal cats and then what happens to the paw pads. In declawed cats, the toes get distorted. They get uh, they get arthritic. They can't move the same way as they used to. Um, it's very very difficult. Very difficult. Now, for many years, um, we anti-decline people would would talk about the behavior problems associated with the you know especially the house soiling and the aggression, mm -hmm. the increased biting that happens with these guys. Um, studies, early studies did not follow the cats out long enough to find out what side effects developed. If it didn't happen in the first 72 hours by George, it didn't happen on my watch. Mm -hmm. um, but there, there are now lots of studies that examine the, the chronic pain and the chronic problems that happen later. And a full third of cats will, um, not use the litter box. Uh, another percentage of them will will become aggressive. Well, how do you, what do you think is a really good way to get taken and dumped to a shelter? Start biting, you know, or bite harder, right. you know, 
or pee mm-hmm. outside the box. Those cats lose their homes. Decline does not keep cats in their homes. It gets them lost. Mm-hmm. You know, poor Perry was on the streets for weeks or months, and and he was, you know, he was in terrible shape. It was Christmas Eve. On Christmas Day, the temperature dropped to 20. If we had not brought this cat in, he would not have survived the next snowstorm. He wouldn't have. He was at death's door. Um, and that's mm. because somebody threw him out. It's like, I'm not going to have a cat peeing everywhere. I'm not going to have a cat that bites. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to have a cat that poops on the living room carpet. Well, those are all means of communication. He was saying, help. I have a problem. Please help. Um, and, uh, and their reward was to get uh, abandoned, evicted, exiled. Um, you know, it would have been better for him to go to a shelter, but I'm sure, you know, for one thing, then I wouldn't have him and that, that would be a great loss to me, but he may not have survived a shelter experience if he was not using the box. He, he is unadoptable. Right. And, and a, a fair percentage of, I can't get shelters to really admit the number because the number is so bad. But how many declawed cats get surrendered versus how many declawed cats actually make it to the adoption floor? There's a lot of euthanasia. Mm -hmm. And my guess would be half of them get euthanized. And it could be more than that. But so you you have had it with your declawed cat and you're just going to take them to a shelter. You know what? Take them to your vet. See if you can rehome the cat, because rehoming is not the worst thing that can happen. Living a life in pain with somebody who's annoyed at you all the time, that's worse, you know. And sometimes death is the best answer if this cat is in chronic, chronic pain that cannot be fixed. Mm -hmm. You know, let him go. You know, I wish people would, would, uh, you know, I did a talk one time and, and, Shelter people got up and said, "Oh my God, you said you said the e word, euthanasia. Yes, some of these cats need to be euthanized, and you said the r word, rehoming. Yes, you can rehome these cats before the before things get too bad. You know, you can rehome to a more tolerant person because obviously that's not you. So um, rehome the cat." If there's stress between cats, rehome the cat. I mean, it, that's not the worst thing that can happen to them. And I, and I personally think that for a cat that's in chronic intolerable pain, death is not the worst thing that can happen either. Yeah, when you, know, you think of the decline, yeah. the decline, no. decline in the first place, that was the worst thing that could happen. Yes, that was. Now all we can mm-hmm. do is the best we can to, to mitigate the pain or to let them go. Because they're so damaged. So what? There, now you there have been studies. Go ahead, John. The well, study. You know, the early research. The early research didn't follow these cats out very long, but this is. There has been more research lately in the you know two thousand two thousand ten these um, bladder inflammation, lower urinary tract disease, very common in declawed cats. Uh, 36% of declawed cats were aggressive. Osteomyelitis, bone infection, 30% of declawed cats. Bone fragments left behind, 66% of declawed cats. Those are the cats being declawed by the RESCO method. Um, 15% of cats peeing outside the box. Um, the, in the, there's a, there's a study done by um, by a couple of vets found back pain, found blood oh. in the urine, found increased mm-hmm. biting. Declawed cats four and a half times more likely to bite. Uh, declawed cats two and a half, three times more likely to have back pain. Um, stress thing. grooming, excessive grooming, three times more likely to to have OCD behaviors as a result of the pain. Mm-hmm. So it's, uh, and, and these were, these were matched. These, this was a good study. It was, they matched the, the age, gender, 
neuter status, they matched all of that. Normal cats versus declawed cats. So seven times more likely to not use the litter box. What a great idea to declaw because everybody loves cat pee, right? Oh, yeah. You know. Mm-hmm. Oh. Now, you had mentioned before and we started that. we're not that, telling people this. Oh, right, right. Yeah. Yeah. You had mentioned dogs getting uh, declawed. They're not doing that, are they? Right. And one of my classmates in in the lab said, you know, de- dogs cause tremendous amount of damage with their claws. I like, you know, I have a little dog that doesn't like his nails trimmed and he, my legs are just scarred all the heck and back because he jumps up and he scratches the heck out of me. Why don't we declaw dogs? Oh. And the professor looked at him and she said, because they scream. Dogs are not shy about letting you know when they're in pain. Cats are stoic, and it's hard to tell. Mm-hmm. Although now there there is called a feline grimace scale, and uh, it's all oh. discussed in my little ebook. But you know what are the signs of pain? How do you know when they're in pain? Um, their their facial expressions change. Um, you know, and the the, you know, even after the pain of surgery comes the adaptive or maladaptive pain that takes root into the central nervous system and makes it even worse. Um, it's just it's ungodly what, um, you know. And nobody's talking about phantom pain. Oh, one that one other vaccine right. talks about mm-hmm. phantom pain. So, do you know that in human studies? 100% of PTs experience phantom sensations. That's not pain, but they feel things in the right. amputated part. This is whether they were amputated trauma in a car crash, trauma, um, you know, what had, had to be amputated at birth for some reason, had to be amputated at age 60 for some reason. Um, they all feel phantom sensations. Eighty percent of them are painful sensations. Now, we are declawing cats. If we are only declawing the front paws, that's ten separate amputations. So I'm I'm terrible with math, but if eighty percent of phantom sensations are painful, I think that when you do ten amputations, that makes it about four hundred percent chance that they're going to be painful, right? Is there such a thing as 400%? No. They're all painful. Every freaking cat is painful. Every cat. Mm. So, there, that's my big soapbox. But every cat is painful. They they don't show it, so people don't know. If both your feet hurt, how do you know? How do you tell if you're limping? You know, you're walking bad on both feet, so that kind of looks normal. People get used to seeing these cats walk on their mutilated little paws, and because there's no difference side to side, they don't notice it. The vet doesn't notice it. It goes unnoticed for years until the cat gets so arthritic or starts biting. You know, they say, oh, cats get grumpy. Well, declawed old cats get painful. You well, know, yeah, and they're having bladder issues, and they're having spinal arthritis issues. So, you know, and and let's not even talk about the scent glands and the paws that they use to uh, mark their ter- territory. And let's not even talk about the acupuncture points at the base of the nails. That uh, we're just cutting that off completely. So we're damaging the entire energy system of the animal. Um, but there, there are grimace scales for cats. So a cat with a wide open face, eyes front, um, ears front, that's a, that's a happy cat. Whiskers relax. They, if they squint and their whiskers start to pull back and they kind of turn their ears back, that's a painful face. But really a squinched up face, that's an extremely painful cat. And there is there is a uh, a new little app. It's not that accurate. They're working on it. It's a beta version, and I wish I could remember the name for of it. But it it'll be in. I'll put it in my book. But um, 
it's you take a picture of your cat's face, it tells you whether they're happy or a dis- oh. in discomfort. So, oh. you know, it's hard to get the cat to sit still long enough to take the picture, but if your cat is painful and it's in one of these meatloaf positions um, and with a scrunched up face, that cat hurts. So, oh. you know, I have lots of illustrations about how you can tell if the decoy cat is in pain. Um, you know, that, and, you know, then you have the AVMA, the American Med- Veterinary Medical Association. They are still promoting decline. Um, oh, they, they are? Say, well, it, well, they say uh, they won't, they won't condemn it, but they condemned it for all other cats except for domestic cats. They said, this is ter- just terrible. You're going to cause terrible pain and inflammation in exotic cats. And it's worse in exotic cats. Well, yeah, may it's, and we have seen from uh, Paw Project's videos, tigers that have been declawed, they are incredibly painful. And you can see it in their great big feet because they won't put the weight on them. Um, but oh, yeah. it's the same the way. If it's a matter of size, don't declaw big cats. That's not what they said. They said don't declaw exotic cats. Well, there are many species of exotic cats that weigh less than house cats. And it's if it's bad for them, why isn't it bad for our cats? Oh, so you know that's that's called um, cognitive dissonance when you hold two separate beliefs at the same time that all exotic cats should be clawed. But this particular cat, who is no different in any respect from these exotic cats, it's okay to declaw them. It's like these these people are just schizophrenic, and not to say bad words about schizophrenia, but you know, I mean, that's that's a medical condition. But these people act like they don't understand two and two is four. Yeah, they're adding really, two and two and so. getting three, and then adding two and two and getting five, and they don't see any problem with that. You know, so uh, they are Looney Tunes. They're they're so blind to the damage that they're causing, and so blind that pretty much every other veterinary organization in North America has come out against declung. Some more strongly, and some less. But the AVMA is the only one who still supports declung. And why is that? Because their members make a lot of money, and the AVMA is a lobbying organization. It isn't a beneficent organization. It's they lobby and they don't want anything to come between their members and profit. Um, okay, Jean. So I noticed the time here is up. I'm wondering, oh, this is the phenomenal information, which I actually don't like. I mean, I'm kind of sitting here like, Bleh, you know, oh my gosh. I mean, this is I know. Really, and it's really hard to, no. it's hard to give people the full picture because veterinarians lie and those are the days yeah. that I'm really ashamed to be one but Jean so okay so all right we we've learned what it is we you know the results and everything it's all really yucky so what could what could the individual who is listening to this do to get this change because this is uh, this is so barbaric I mean this is I'm sitting here yeah, I'm little, yeah. Yeah. So what could an yeah. individual well, join, do? Yes, you can join uh, Little Big Cat's Facebook page. And I post a lot of funny memes, but also, you know, scientific articles, things I want my people to know. So uh, if you do that on Facebook. Uh, but the big thing is pawproject.org. Uh, they are the lead organization. Join them, get their newsletters. And most of all, donate because they spend a ton of money uh, on on salvage surgery to to make these cathodes painful. That's that's their primary thing. They are the ones coordinating the efforts to make decline illegal as many places as we can. Um, so they are they are the tip of the spear. But please donate oh, to them because great. it's not cheap to travel to. They're in Santa Monica. It's not cheap to travel to all these other cities and, you know, stay for a week and make your arguments to the city councils that are considering this. Um, they are okay. up against the massive amount of money that ABMA has. So 
join and so, donate. Again, what is that website for them? PawProject.org. PawProject.org. So, right. okay. So, everyone, you can, um, you know, contribute to that organization uh, and t- educate your vet. If your vet is one of those who wants to do it, <laughs> let educate them. I mean, they they may yeah. not know. I mean, I don't know how they could not know, but, um, yeah, print out the book, print out the free book and put it in their lobby. <laughs> Yeah, and, and uh, you know, in in the book, there's also tips for advocacy, things that you can do oh, locally. Uh, so, you know, I tried to put everything I ever knew about declining into this ebook, and um, you know, I want people to share it with their vets, with their friends. You know, if you know somebody who just got a kitten and they're going to have it declawed, make them read it, or at least read them the highlights. Um, you know, once people understand the truth, all the city councils and county commissioners that we that we argued in front of, you know, the, the local veterinary organizations were there out in force against us. But every time they understood what decline was, they said, oh, my God, that's cruel. You didn't yeah. have to go any further than that. It's mm-hmm. cruel. It's, it's unethical and it's cruel. And that's, uh, you know. That's all you need to know about it, really. But if you want to, if you want to join the movement and save cats, I figure we saved about two million cat toes in Los Angeles in the first year. You know, after decline was banned, that's a you know we could save. Even though vets say they're not doing the declaws, twenty five percent of cats are declawed. So this mm-hmm. is still going rampant, and it's the butchers that are doing it. Um, maybe I should not malign them as butchers, but when I see what the feet come in looking like, hamburger, um, that's a butcher. So, gee, are in states where it is illegal, do veterinarians all know that, or do they still continue to oh, do yes. it? Okay, well, they, they don't. But but the, but they probably continue to do it. Okay, so but they okay, know better. So. They know. Okay. Veterinarians so, don't really care about this. Interesting. You know, except for some those, some those do. Are trying to stop it. But you know, seventy-five thousand. How many years ago is that that guy was making a year by doing this? But um, you know, and and every let's be empowered, everyone. You know, let your vet know. Uh, even if you don't, even if you don't have a cat. And you're just talking to the veterinarian. You just might casually mention it, and then you might casually yeah, have you say, in your your. You may have that book in your you know in your little carry all, and you say, "Well, you know, I got this, and you know, look this over, and then open it up and show some pictures that are really disgusting." I mean, yeah. <laughs> to the yeah. vet. I mean, take power. They are stand in your power. Yeah, we need to do that advocate for our the little kitties and cats in the world so so that's yeah. uh, really great Jean I'm and, so and, happy that you and look into this. look into holistic therapies like acupuncture chiropractor flower essences homeopathy energy work to help um, to help with these cats who have been declawed and certainly joint supplements and all, all of that we can help these cats to a, a large extent um, if you if you happen to take in a declawed cat like I do, you know there are things you can do to help them. So, um, you know we need to we just need to focus on the, a vision of the world in which decline no longer happens. Hold that vision, and then act locally, right? Right. Yeah. Great. Great. So again, Jean. Um, thank you so very much for sharing your knowledge and your wisdom about this. Oh, wow, yes. So, uh, again, please give your website. LittleBigCat.com LittleBigCat.com And then the organization's uh, website that advocates for this? Paw, 
right? Paw Projects, so P-A-W-P-R-O-J-E-C-T dot org. Paw Projects. Let me make sure it's not calm. <laughs> oh, oh. I'm pretty sure yeah. that that's cool. Well, if but, they have that, you know, you, they can go to dot org yeah, or dot com and find it. Okay. It's dot org. I think okay, they probably great. own dot com also, but it's dot org because it's a nonprofit. Okay, nonprofit. So means if you when you give money, it would be tax deductible. Yay, yay. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so all, worthwhile. All good. good, yes. Right, yeah. definitely. And they have so, a ton of information. They have a ton of information. I have a free ebook that's more than you ever wanted to know. So, you know, I mean, if if one person listening to this takes action, man, I would be so thrilled. Yes. And if you do that, let Jean know. Let me know. I love it. So, all right. So, and everybody, yeah. you know, always check out talkanimal.net. And we have specials and resources for you and your animals there. And like I said, if you want to, if you want to raise your frequency and improve your life, it's Jazz Up Your Life with Judy, where I interview people who are as magnificent in the spiritual realms, the growth realms, the transformation realms, as Jean is with Cats and animals. <laughs> so, <laughs> right, and I and I listen to Jazz Up with Judy, and I learn a ton. And she always oh, does a meditation that's just going to make your day. So, go over there. <laughs> well, thank you so very much, Jean. So, yeah, and that is at jazzupyourlifewithjudy.com, and I am Judy. I don't know if I did say that, but yes, I am Judy. So, um, thank you, Jean, <laughs> so very much for imparting this terrible information. It, you know, my stomach I know. I, 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 yeah. I, know. Yeah. I don't like to I don't like to spend time talking about it because I but I have to but get the we, word out because the energy you get the, the word energy out needs to be shifted. Right. The, you get the word yeah. out if that needs to be done. It's the crappy, crappy stuff that has to be seen. And then what can you do for it? You know, right. this organization that you're talking about and just educating people or, you know, someone may be listening to this. There are thousands who listen to this. If each one of them have a friend that just got a little kitty, oh, isn't this kitty cute? We're going to go get spay and all, all this. Well, they could say, wait a minute, you know, and that's how we yeah. change. The little steps that the individuals can do can make such big change. You're important. Yeah. You can really make a difference. Yes, you, you in little individual you, that's, you can make so much change in the world. So let's make this one that's, for the kids. Yeah, so, all right. Much blessings and love to everyone. Until the next time, we will talk to you later. Thank you for joining us so much. Much love. Thank you for listening to the Superpower Network. Go now to superpowerexperts.com to unlock your superpowers and change your life today.